0: Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to TicketManager.com for details on how to apply. Welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews, and joining me on this episode to discuss selling for both championship and, well, let's just say non championship teams, uh, along with looking at some of the latest developments uh, in ticket sales is Ben Nelson, Chief Ticketing Officer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ben, it's great to see you, and, and thanks so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, happy to do it, Jim.
0: Thanks for having me on. Well, we've got two two products of Pittsburgh talking to each other today, but uh, neither one of us is there right now. I wanted to just kind of start off and and look at your situation because, you know, obviously, you're currently overseeing ticket sales for the, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Uh, this is a team that... Features arguably the the greatest NFL player of all time. I was tempted to ask the first question: Tell me, convince me that you don't have the easiest job in sports. But uh, I know that's not true. And if you look back, you know, two years before last season, the Bucks had back to back five and eleven seasons. A few years before that, they were two and fourteen. So I'm curious, just from a, from an overall sales operations perspective, you know, how do you account and plan for Basically, a product that, that can change very quickly over the course of, of just a year or two.
1: Yeah, you know, we always talk about being playoff win ready and, and being championship ready because there's so much in our business that we can't control. So for years, we, you know, we had been going through the, the team having some challenges on the field, and, and we just really tried to do as much as we possibly can with our, our customer interactions, building relationships, we knew that if we got to a point like we did last March that, that things were going to be great, and, and we were going to get to where we are today. You know, we, we couldn't plan for COVID like no one else uh, in, in this industry, but we were just we, we tried to hire really great people. We tried to hold our brand in a really high regard. We, we tried to overdo it with customer service. And so whenever, whenever we had to shift, and during COVID, we shifted to where everyone was working from home. So we, we had the Tom Brady signing and the additions to our players while everyone was at home. Literally that Friday before we made that, that signing, everyone went home. And so we were just trying to make sure that we were communicating with everyone and making sure that everyone was really safe and, and had everything that they did to, to be successful. And credit to, to my ownership and the leadership here, we, we were able to do that. We were able to to have a lot of success with with the news, you know, and then and so we got to a, a, you know a, a sellout spot, and then we had to reassess the building, and um, so we've done that. We've we've done it all from from working from home, but you know, to answer the question more directly, we we were always had to be ready for this because we were just we were hope, we were it we was hope and optimism the whole time, and we got here, and it's you know, and and I think also maybe the the pain that we had gone through prior to, to this success made it that much more worth it.
0: You and know, I talked earlier and you mentioned that, you know, the, the team, the brand has really gone through an evolution over the last few years and um, there, that brings along both challenges and, 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 and opportunities to, you know, change things up. And, and so I'd love to hear a little bit more just about what, what that means when you say you went through that evolution, again, how that, uh, that impacted your, your ticket sales operation um and as well as just talking about you know the, the marketplace because because obviously that has a has a big impact on on, on on selling uh given you know where you are and, and both from a competitive standpoint and, and and all of the opportunities that people have to be entertained, if you will, in, in in uh in your area in Florida. So if you can just kind of walk us through the impacts of of, of all of that and 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 eventually on on selling tickets. Yeah, you know,
1: for for years we had always really tried to redefine our brand,
0: and and we knew we
1: had a strong brand being an NFL team and and being in Florida. But we really just wanted to make sure that whenever it was ready and when the team got better, that that we were we were ready for the bigger stage. Tampa is a very challenging place to sell tickets. There's there's people that move here for for the beaches and for the cost of living. And so when they move here, they come and they bring their affinity for a team like Pittsburgh or, or Green Bay or New York. And so what we were always trying to do is say, hey, just come and experience our game. We feel really great about our in-game experience. We, we put $160 million plus into our building a couple of years ago, and we have a really unique stadium and setup. And we also do a really good job of customer service. So that whole time, all we were trying to do is get people to come to one game. And if they came to one game, we felt pretty confident through our processes that we would be able to, to get them to come to more. And so, but it was really hard to get them to say, all right, I'm going to, for that game, I'm going to not wear the other team's jersey. I'm going to wear a Buccaneers jersey. Well, whenever we we signed players and we had success, now there's a lot of those Buccaneers jerseys, you know, and we play next Thursday and, you know, hopefully there's going to be a lot more Buccaneers jerseys than we've ever had. And for us, what's really important for our brand is that the, the, the young kids, the, the, the elementary school kids, they're the ones that are saying, yeah, I want a Bucks jersey. You know, I, dad, I'm, I don't want your Steelers jersey. I want that Bucks jersey. And that's going to help us perpetuate our brand as we, as we go even further. So we had always worked really, really hard to make sure that we did everything in a first class manner. And whenever you have success, you just, you'd have to work that much harder to make sure that it's really great still. So we, our anchors were always really great in-game experience, really great customer service, and making sure that people had a great time when they came out. And And so that's what we continue to do. And, and that's what's made us successful even through some rougher years.
0: Yeah. Another thing that, that just occurred to me too, uh, that is specific to time and place for you right now, are, are the other teams and how well they're doing in your market you now. Going back to not to reference Pittsburgh one more time, but uh, I grew up when it was the city of champions because both the Steelers and the Pirates in the 70s uh, had, you know, World Series and Super Bowl appearances. You know, right now you've got, um, you know, uh, uh, recent Stanley Cup champions and the Lightning. Uh, You've got the Rays uh, being a top team in, in Major League Baseball. Does that have an impact when when all all, all the pro teams in in, in a town are, are really having a lot of success, whether it's positive or negative?
1: Yeah, it's it's been it's been un- unbelievable, and I and I tell my my son Cooper is eleven years old. I said, Cooper, you have to understand what's going on here. This is not normal, you know, because he's seen the Lightning win back to back Stanley Cups. He's seen us win the Super Bowl, host the Super Bowl, and now the Rays are the best team in the American League, right? So all these teams are doing great and not not just good, but really great. So it it helps, it helps all of us. And, you know, you can go to an event in Tampa, a fundraiser where you're going to see the Stanley Cup, the Super Bowl trophy, the L pennant, you know, I mean, like that stuff, once again, it happened whenever we were growing up in Pittsburgh, but it's really, you know, it's interesting and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen a lot to a team where there's so many transplants. Right. And so that success. And I, I work with Rob Higgins, who's on our sports commission, and I'm on the board there and we are just we're just bursting at the seams of trying to continue this m- momentum, you know, and trying to get big events. I mean, we we hosted WrestleMania as well last year. I mean, there's just there's so many things that are happening for us. We're just trying to bottle it up as much as we possibly can and just keep it going as much as as much as we can. But once again, it comes down to to the youth and it comes down to the the, the sports fans who maybe Tampa a Tampa team might not be your number one team. Well, now you're coming out and you're seeing it and you're seeing the environment that it's in. We have a chance now. We have a chance now to make Tampa your number one team. And and it's really, really
0: exciting. So it does sound like a a situation where the the cliche of the the rising tide really does lift all boats.
1: Absolutely. Yep. And and it helps, too, that the economy is good down here. There's companies that are moving to Tampa all the time. There's the mayor has done a great job of, of working with companies to bring them to Tampa. The airport is really great. The experience in Tampa is almost, it's almost surreal because, you know, you can fly, I've had people tell me in New York, they say, it's easier for me to get on a plane and fly to Tampa to catch a game than it is for me to see a game maybe in my own city. And so that's really interesting. But the, the city has has all worked together to make it really great and to have great restaurants and hotels. And we just, that's what we just keep trying to do is get people to Tampa and and have a great experience and then come back.
0: I'd like to kind of broaden the perspective and, and and talk a little bit about just the the industry as a whole, because and I'd love to get your take on just kind of the, the near term future for, for for ticket sales and ticketing. There, you know, there's so many developments, all kinds of third parties, large companies, smaller ones that are that are becoming involved in the space. You've got all kinds of new technology developments, like NFTs, that could eventually play a part in, uh, in, in ticketing. So, I'd love to hear, you know, from a from a veteran like yourself, you know, what, what's your view on uh, on our ticketing business and, and and where do you think it's headed?
1: Yeah, you know, now more than ever, you really have to pay attention to everything that's going on, and and you have to pay attention to what's going on in sports, but in concerts, in amusement parks because there is so much that that that's that's happening in that space and at the end of the day too you also want to make sure that what you're doing or putting out or creating is is resonating with the, the consumer because we can all have these really great ideas but if they go out and they don't they're not in, you know people aren't engaging with them and aren't using them and that, then it can be hard i think for ticketing what what uh, has been true 20 years ago till now is people just want things to be easy you know we developed a few years ago, uh, an area that's all inclusive in our in our stadium, and we, it was during the, the team wasn't maybe that good, but the concept was really great, and we we did it slowly, and and it was easy, and people want to get from their get from their home to their cars, they want to park, they want to get into the stadium, and then they want things to be easy, and and all inclusive does that, you know, I we see more and more of this happening in our industry, and it's nothing new, it's been happening for a long time, but. When we really embraced that and made everything included in the ticket, that was great. And so, but you've gone through this evolution of, you know, of ticket stubs to cards, to mobile, you know, and then what is next, right? What is, What is going to be the next evolution? So that's that's been really interesting. The other interesting part about it is when, you, when you're developing these types of technologies and you're looking to, to roll it out into your marketplace, there's this apprehension that, oh, I don't know if people... I don't know if people are going to get that. You know, I don't know if they're going to really like using a card as opposed to a ticket or their phone as opposed to a card. And eventually they do. You know, people, people are, are really, people adapt. We don't, I don't know if we give the consumer enough credit for, for how they can approach things. But, you know, it, it's all about ease. It's about ease, the ease of purchase, ease of entry, and ease of enjoyment. And that's really what it comes down to.
0: You know, sometimes when we talk about whether it's it's partnership sales or premium seats and 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 suites and things like that, you know, it really does come down to to relationships and, and a lot of the conversations I think we have. It almost sounds like we're doing kind of personal counseling. We talk about uh, improving relationships and communications, but I, but I think it's, it it really is all all kind of the same. So in that vein, what would you like the companies who are buying your Suites and, and premium seating to understand about your organization, um, in, in, in order to help kind of build that relationship and and, and make sure it's uh, it's a smooth one.
1: Yeah, I mean we we work really hard. I mean, that, and, and it's cliche to say, but we really do. We we care deeply about not only the last person in the building, but the person who's buying a sponsorship from us, and we ask a lot of questions. We really want to listen, as opposed to to saying, "Here's our here's our sponsorship package, or our suite package, or our season ticket package." We we ask a lot of questions, and and in that, you know, we can find out. Okay, you know, if you are you're maybe purchasing for your company, but maybe there's a personal interest as well, or you're you're purchasing for your family, but maybe there's a company interest as well. I think there's a lot of times that we we call it there's a lot of meat left on the bone whenever you're going through the sales process. Where if you would just ask some people, "Hey, where are you from?" or "You know, what did you do before this?" or "Or what do you like to do on your in your spare time?" you can just uncover so many more things. And that one question can go forever. You and I talked earlier about us both being from Pittsburgh. You and I can talk for an hour about Pittsburgh, and it's going to bring us closer, right? right? And so, and especially being in a transient town, that question comes up a lot. Where are you from, right? Because it's not just well, everyone's from Tampa. And then so you just learn. And as we learn through those sales processes, I think we get better at that. I think we get better at customizing packages for the the end user. There's a lot of times I've been in in processes where it's, okay, here's our product. We're super excited about it. And especially if the product's going really well, that salesperson gets super excited about it and almost force things at people as opposed to just sitting back from a humble standpoint and say, hey, listen, here's what we do, but tell me a little bit more about you. And it's also fun whenever people are caught off guard about that because they're used to being on the defensive about this sales pitch that they're going to get. But we come in and we ask them about themselves and their families and their likes and interests, and it ends up getting to a really great spot.
0: Yeah, kind of turning that around. Are there questions that you would like buyers and potential potential buyers to to ask of you and and your team in order to again kind of build that understanding? And, and you know, maybe it's about it could be about personal issues but but maybe things that they should understand about stadium operations or or things that might make uh, make everybody's job easier.
1: Yeah and I, I love it whenever customers come back to us and maybe ask what's the most unique thing you've done for a customer or what is something super special you've done for for one of your, your clients and customers. It doesn't get asked a lot but I love whenever it does come up because then we then it gives me that opportunity to then talk a lot more which you know, I want to tell our story. I want to tell all the work that goes into us being number one in the NFL and customer service or all the work that goes into us securing 22 sponsorship deals over the last year. I don't want to throw that out at front, in the front end, but right. if they ask me, then it's it's okay. Well, thank you for asking that question. Let me go into it a little bit. And then I'm able to dive deeper and tell them a little bit more about our brand. But, you know, like I said, for us, we are we are constantly evaluating everything we're doing. We're we're testing everything, we're surveying everything. And we just, we're, we, you know, we're not resting. And, I, and so when people say, oh, yeah, you, you won the Super Bowl and everything's great and easy now, it's like, well, it's it's better, but we're continuing to work hard to make sure that we keep that high level. And, and that's what the whole organization wants.
0: You've been, uh, you have a great reputation as, as a leader uh, in our industry. You've hired, trained, mentored, you know, many people uh, throughout your career in the different places you've been. And certainly you know, there've been a lot of Changes over the those last couple of decades in terms of workplace environment, corporate culture, the expectations that, that people have uh, now when, when they are hired and, and join an organization. So I would love to have your advice for both the younger people who are seeking to advance in their careers, but uh, also as well for other managers and leaders like yourself who, who are trying to meet the needs of, of a new generation of, of employees. What, what are you seeing there?
1: Yeah, it's it's really one word. It's patience. You know, I mean, it, I think even prior to the the current shift in in how things have been, we as 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 as, as workers and, and bosses or mentors or employees, we have to be more patient. You know, and we have to ask a lot more questions. You know, if if someone if someone shows up late for a meeting, you know, it it could be very easy to to call them up and, and give them business on, hey, why were you late? What's going on? And and maybe see it as being disrespectful, but. You never know that that person might be dealing with something in their personal life or, or they might've been in a car accident or something's going on. So I think it's, you know, in, in terms of career growth and development, you know, it's our industry has a tendency to, to put people on these fast treadmills and just to keep it going. And you have to have a promotion very soon and quick all the time. And, and so, but it, usually what I've seen is that people that are patient and they are in constant communication with their supervisors and 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 are really honest and transparent are the ones that that do grow in advance and it might not be always on your time but i think people value that they value people that are willing to to be patient with things and patient with people and it works out we we've been really lucky i I've, I've had people that have been here for for over 10 years working for us and 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 you know that's that's makes me really proud i mean they've done a really good job and they've they've held up their side but you know we're also looking to try to take care of them and make sure that they're they're having good lives outside of the organization.
0: I had an interesting conversation just a couple of days ago with somebody who's you know been around the business for for a long time and he was expressing the concern on his part that he was like, I'm not sure my experience when I was just starting out is relevant anymore because of some, that things are so different now. I'd love to get your your take on that. Do you, do you feel that way? Is is it, is it harder to kind of connect and say, well, here's you know, here's an experience that I had because it was twenty years ago and things were so so different, or or not so much.
1: You know what? A lot of it's still the same. Is those 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 traits and characteristics. If you if you work hard, if you're nice to people, if you invest in other people, and you 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 have really good open dialogue, I think that's still going to carry the day and. And at the end of the day, yeah, is there things that we all need to learn and adjust along the way? Absolutely. But you know what? I've also found out that I learn a lot from my entry-level salespeople that are just coming out of school. I, you know, I I enjoy sitting down with coffee or or, or lunch with them and just saying, hey, what do I need to know? And I leave that hour, two-hour-long discussion saying, man, I okay, I get it now. Now I need to go and look at that, you know. And so. Um, I think that we we as leaders can't just say that we have it all figured out and we know everything because we really don't because things are changing all the time. You know, I have I have some people on my staff that are um, super passionate about gaming and are super passionate about you know the NFT situation that's going on. And so I I'll sit down and ask them, tell me about it and what who who does this really well and and so but not everyone's like that. Everyone thinks they may have it figured out and that they don't need to do that. But I I really like having those conversations and uh, gives me a little bit more street credit with my staff too.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, I think anybody in this day and age that thinks they have it all figured out and, and can't learn from younger generations is, uh, is probably not going to be uh, too successful.
1: <laughs> so, right. I agree. Yeah.
0: Well, Ben, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know we're, we're at the beginning of, uh, of the season and I'm sure things are, are, are cooking as you're getting ready to uh, uh, for kickoff next week. And uh, really, again, appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today and uh, look forward to talking to you again.
1: Thanks so much, Jim. I enjoyed it.
0: All right. On behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thank all of you for watching. And please join us again next time for the next episode in our All Access interview series.